What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Oz Hoopers TV. This week we're going Dusty Hannah's Adelaide 36ers import. Uh, spent the last couple years with the G League affiliate, the Grizzlies G League affiliate, and the Warriors G League affiliate. Um, absolute bucket. Um, he's been called up to the Grizzlies a couple times, and he's about to come to the NBL and ball out. We're excited to have him on. Um, let's get straight into it. What's up, Dusty? How you doing? What's up, man? How are you? Good, thank you. Um, obviously, um, big news recently. You signed with Adelaide, one of Adelaide 36's imports. Um, congrats on the signing. Um, huge move for Adelaide. Um, we'll get into your full college and pro career soon. Um, but how did this current opportunity come along? How did Adelaide approach you? Um, you know, I was just back home staying ready in the off season after, a, you know, a weird year. And um, my agent called me and let me know that there was some interest there. And, um, you know, it took probably a, about a week, maybe less after I heard that. And, and we were moving forward and ended up getting signed. So, you know, it was just an exciting time for me. I was uh, very excited to play in this league. For sure. Um, was going overseas to play ever an option for you? Was that something that was in the back of your mind or? Yeah. Yeah. Just, you know, if, the NBA stuff wasn't working out. You know, I was able to get up there for a little while and never really got a full opportunity, but was able to live that. And um, for it not to stick, I knew if that didn't happen at sticking, I was going to, you know, make my way over here. And, you know, this league was on the top of my list. For sure. Um, I don't know. I don't know how much you've seen of Australia so far. You probably just moved straight into quarantine. Um, but what are your thoughts on what are your thoughts on Australia so far? <laughs> Um, I mean, I got a good view of the Sydney Harbor and the Opera House, uh, but, you know, that's really it. I did, stepped outside for like two seconds and I was to go on the bus to go to quarantine, you know, and then to walk in the hotel. So um, going to spend some time in Brisbane uh, for a couple of weeks after this. So I'm excited for that. And then uh, obviously go to Adelaide. So I, I'll be excited once I can kind of walk around and meet the people and, and kind of just enjoy it. For sure. Um, obviously you just mentioned Adelaide. What can, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of Adelaide fans tuning into this episode. So what can Adelaide, what can the Adelaide 36ers expect from you this season? Um, someone that's going to play really hard. Uh, you know, I, I just love to win. I, I'm a winner. Uh, I win everywhere I go. Uh, and, you know, I, I don't think that's a, uh, something that just happens out of chance, you know, uh, I think, winning follows winners you know and i'm gonna shoot the ball uh, I'm, I'm a scorer uh, that's that's what i do i'm an elite shooter uh and in my eyes an elite scorer all around the court i can make shots from from all over um wherever the defense gives me shots that's where i'm going to take them and make them so i'm uh, just really really ready to get to adelaide and you know give the fans a show and you know hopefully bring a championship right love the conference for sure. Um, you already touched on what about just just quickly, Dusty. Firstly, my name's Hesh, by the way. Reese forgot to, to introduce me. I'm just no, no, no. What's, uh, what's up? Just a random guy sitting here watching the whole interview. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I just wanted to check in and you don't have to answer this, but Connor Henry was someone that's coaching the NBL for a long time. Obviously, the situation is is irrespective of you but did you have a relationship with Connor Henry I know he's helped a lot of players from the states get here and stuff like that um did you have a relationship pre-existing before uh no I not pre-existing uh 
we had talked when I got the job and he was, you know, seemed like a great man. Um, so, you know, no, no pre-existing relationship, but, you know, I wish him all the best moving forward. For sure. Um, we'll get into your early life and junior years and college and all that other stuff. Um, let's take it back in time um, and go back to Little Rock, Arkansas. Um, how was it like growing up there? Um, yeah, so I was born and raised in Little Rock, Arkansas. Uh, I live in Fayetteville, Arkansas now. Um, but yeah, that was, you know, it was a great place to grow up, a great place to raise a family uh, and a great, great basketball too, you know, growing up in the inner city playing against, you know, those guys that really helped mold me as a player. You know, there's some really tough players that come out of Little Rock. Uh, so, you know, just being able to grow up in a place with such good friends and family surrounding me was, was able to, you know, catapult me into having a good college career, a good professional career. For sure. Um, where did, where did the name Dusty come from? Cause Dusty's a nickname for those who don't know. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, my real name is Gerald. Uh, my, my teammates have a, have a ball with that whenever they figure that out. Uh, <laughs> you know, they can, they can't really give it up for a while, but um, my dad played professional baseball for the Los Angeles Dodgers um, in the Montreal Expos. He was a pitcher and uh, spent a little time in the MLB and became close friends with Dusty Baker, uh, who's a skipper for, you know, for quite a few MLB teams. And uh, he's moving up the ranks as the all-time wins uh, on the chart. I think he might be top five now, but uh, yeah, my dad you know, was close with him and told him, you know, if I ever have a son, I love your name. I'm, I'm going to name him Dusty. And, you know, sure enough, I, I came out of there and now here I am. That's a dope story. Um, obviously, you just mentioned your dad was an MLB pitcher. Um, how did basketball end up coming into your life? I'm sure your dad wanted to push you to play baseball. Um, yeah, so I actually started playing baseball around like fourth or fifth grade. Um, I, I actually went to watch Dusty play uh, with the Cubs, uh, or not play, uh, coach. But uh, Sammy Sosa hit a walk-off home run in a uh, doubleheader game. And that was the first time that baseball looked fun to me. So, like, literally the day after, I was like, yeah, I want to play baseball. But, you know, basketball is my first love. Uh, I mean, I fell in love with it at an early, early age. You know, I can just remember, like, being young, watching Allen Iverson and Kobe Shaq, you know, just playing at this, it, it's called the Boys and Girls Club, uh, where I'm from. It's where all the, you know, you play on the low goals and you got your team, some teams are the Bulls, one team's the Lakers, you know, and just even from barely being able to run and dribble, I just was obsessed with it. And uh, that kind of took away any other sport, uh, taking up any part of my life, you know, I just like, I've loved it ever since I can remember and I still do. So that, it's cool that I was able to find something I love so early in life, you know, that it's a blessing because some people don't find that till later. So, yeah. Um, you ended up at, forgive me if I get the pronunciation wrong, but uh, Pulaski Academy. Um, how was, it. <laughs> let's go. Um, how was that experience? <laughs> you clearly had a lot of accolades in your high school career from what we've read. Um, so it was going pro always the goal for you? Yeah, you know, um, Around ninth grade, I was probably like five foot nine and going into 10th, uh, that was when I hit my growth spurt. Uh, I was like six one, maybe six two. And 
you know, that was about the time when I was starting to realize, you know, that year, like, I think I averaged like 27 points my sophomore year. And I, I started to realize I was getting some college offers. Like, you know, I, I think I have a chance to, you know, live my dream and, and be able to do this. So just, uh, I mean, not to say as a kid, I didn't have confidence in myself playing professionally, but that's when I started to really realize like I had a real chance and, um, you know, here I stand now and, uh, it, I can't wait. I can't wait to get to playing in this league. I've, I've heard the fans are rowdy and the, the crowds are really good. Um, had had fun playing at PA, but the college and pro life is has been what I've been striving for forever. For sure. That's, that's cool to hear, man. It looked like you had a, a hell of a high school career. And obviously you chose to go to Texas Tech. Um, take us back to that time. How many other schools were in the hunt? You said you got a few offers and, and what made you um choose texas is for your freshman year um so yeah going back to high school my coach coach franks was just so good to me and he helped me play free and you know just was able to dominate in high school and uh only had one high major offer um and that was texas tech you know i, I don't know if you are familiar with the college scene in america but there's mid-major and there's high major on the division one level and then there's low major so I, I basically had all mid and low major D1s and I, I was so set on, you know, playing on it at a big school that plays on ESPN, you know, plays in front of fans. Like that was what really appealed to me. And uh, that was my biggest offer. And they were in the big 12. Um, and as soon as I got the offer, you know, I was basically committed. Um, and I went there for two years. I committed to Billy Gillespie. I, went there for two years uh he, he got fired before I ever played a game for him um played for three different coaches in two years and after the second year uh, it wasn't working out with me and that coach and that staff so um entered entered what they call the transfer portal now it wasn't called that you know when I was yeah. when I was going out um and you know got to go back to my school right here the Razorbacks the Hogs and that was one of the biggest blessings of my life. You know, I, I grew up a giant Hogs fan and anyone from Arkansas does. Uh, and to be able to go back there was, that that was the single biggest blessing of my life so far. For sure. Yeah, that's cool. You, you just touched on um, transferring to, to Arkansas to raise them back. So you moved from the Big 12 back to the SEC, back home. Um, and it looks like you killed it in your junior year, senior year. Your last two years of college had, had really kind of broken out there. Um, how important was that transfer for you to, to open up some more doors as you kind of the pro route started getting more serious? Oh man, it was huge. You know, it just, um, it gave me the confidence, uh, after kind of a tough two years at Texas tech for me, um, that red shirt year really helped me. And, you know, now guys that transfer in college don't have to sit out a year, but when I transferred, unless you had a, a hardship granted by the NCAA, uh, you lose, you don't lose a year, but you have to sit out in red shirt. Um, so that sit out year, I, I really like got to play against, you know, a great team, Bobby Portis, Michael Qualls, Kai Madden, a lot of guys were on that team that were really good players and just getting to, you know, play basketball the whole year against those guys, you know, helped mold me into a better player. And, you know, uh, I guess just even like the pressure of being a Razorback, knowing that all my friends and family are watching every single game, like, it, it makes makes you turn it up, you know. If you're from the state, you either wither and don't perform well and have to leave Arkansas, or you know you play well. And for me, it, it helped me play well because I knew in that sold out arena I'm playing in, 
I've got a thousand people I know watching me and, you know, 20,000 that I know in the state that I'm going to see out that if I play bad, he's going to tell me I'm a fucking loser or, <laughs> you know, uh, I see my dad, my dad might even tell me I'm a loser. So just being able to, to play well and, you know, put the state on my, my back and on the front of my Jersey and do that was like I said, the biggest blessing of my life. And, uh, I ended up moving to the city I went to college in, you know, I grew up in Little Rock, but I fell in love with the area so much. That's where I'm going to, you know, live and hopefully raise a family. That's dope, man. Hometown here. Yeah, for sure. Um, one of the biggest kind of trends that we've seen in Australian basketball is obviously a lot of kids grow up here and trying to get over to, to the States and start their college career. And it's become a little bit more frequent these days i think it's a viable route with social media and just contacting coaches a lot more easily from overseas what advice do you have for kids out here trying to play college route we often talk about do you go to a bigger school where the name's bigger like you said you wanted to play for in front of espn national coverage games or do you prefer to go to a, a mid-major low major where you might play more what kind of advice would you have for kids that are at, at, on the cusp right now um you know thinking back on it 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 doesn't matter after seeing the professional level and, you know, guys that ended up going making really good money overseas or get a chance in the NBA, you know, that get to a really good professional level. It, it doesn't really matter where you go to school. Like if, if I could go back, not to say how to change things, but you know, some of those mid-major and low-major schools that are telling you, Hey, you're going to come in and we want you to be the guy, you know, mm -hmm. that that's going to, that's going to help you become a pro better than you coming off the bench and averaging five points at a big school and you feeling good about yourself that you're on ESPN and people patting you on the back, but you know, the, the best chance for you to go to pro might've been playing, you know, starting at point guard at one of the mid major schools and that coach just letting you, you know, play freely and show your skills. So what I'd tell a guy that's wanting to go to college over there is not to, not to be just so zoned in on going to a big school, just go to where you feel like, they love you and you feel like you can really get to show out your skills. Sure. Um, times have times have changed. I think for the, uh, the way people head into the pros, um, especially these last two or three years, I think now you've got the overtime elite, you've got the NBL, um, you've got uh, G league. Um, mm -hmm. What are you, what are your thoughts on that? If you had the choice back then, would you have gone pro for the, for the money and the opportunity or would you have stayed in college? Uh, I was, I was not a, you know, that glorified of a recruit. You know, I was like a two-star with like no picture on like the scout and rivals and all that stuff. Like I was, I was a nobody. So I would have never had that opportunity, but, you know, I guess it just depends on if you're a top 10, top 20 guy, that's, you know, probably a bona fide pro. I can see that. I can see why you do it, but you know, it's just a risk. It, I mean, I guess there's always risk, but that's, that's really risky. I, I, I still, I guess, lean towards going to college unless, you know, like I said, you're just top 10 and, you know, you're going to the NBA after one year and the quickest you can get to the draft is what you should do. Yeah, you can do that. But uh, I would probably always lean towards the college route because I think that's an invaluable experience. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure if you know, but we have a young guy down here called Dyson Daniels and he's just committed to the G League and his options were G League or um, playing in the NBL and we've just had one guy come through the NBL called Josh Giddy. He just got drafted six pick to the Thunder 
Um, mm-hmm. So it's questionable. Obviously, you spent the last year at the G League. So I think the G League's a bit competitive. You know, everyone's trying to get in there, get their spotlight and try and, trying to get in that uh, the NBA roster spot, obviously. So right. the G League, the G League one is a bit um, questionable, in my opinion. I think it's hard when everyone's hungry for that NBA roster spot and you're trying to make a name for yourself, trying to get into the league yeah. as a young guy. So. For sure. I think it's going to, it, it'll be tough for a lot of those guys. I mean, as you say, it wor- works out with like the Kaminga and Jalen Green, like there's yeah. going to be some of the just bona fide, really good guys that are able to figure it out and play well. But there's also going to be those ones that get exposed playing grown men that are trying to feed their family, you know, like yeah. that are very good players. So, yeah, that's a that's a risky one for sure. For sure. Um, we'll get into your pro career. Um, after Arkansas, you obviously signed with uh, Memphis Hustle, um, G- Grizzlies G League affiliate. Um, that was from 2017 to 2019. Um, how are your years in the G League? Um, take us through the experience. Um, and do you remember your first stint, your very first game? Um, yeah, so had a really good run in the G League. Uh, it was very tough at first, you know. I had to build my way up, was the end of the bench guy, you know. Uh, it was like I started all over. Because, um, you know, when you get to the pros, that the college doesn't mean anything, what you did in college. it's You got yeah. pros, veterans that – you know, have their spots earned. And, you know, so I had to wait a while to get my turn. And once I got my turn, I never looked back and really started to to play some great basketball. So uh, I had a great run with the hustle and a good run with Santa Cruz last year. But my, you said my first game, I do remember that because that was, uh, was about as tough a way as you could start a career. Um, I didn't play the entire game. Uh, and we were down. It was either two or three points. I want to say it was three points. And I come off, he throws me into the game with like four <laughs> seconds left to shoot the three for game. And That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, he's my guy too, Coach Sip. I love him. I, would, I mean, I can't be mad at it, but it was a t- it's a tough, when I look back, that's a tough way to get thrown into your first pro game. And uh, throws me in there. They zip it to me in the corner, get off a quick three right over someone's outstretched hand and I I miss it game over and like man I was already kind of sick that I didn't get any minutes and then bam I go in to miss the game winner like this this debut could not have gone like any worse so yeah I definitely remember my debut my pro debut I'll always remember it that's crazy crazy yeah 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 it's pretty fucking crazy like that that's as crazy as it gets for a debut honestly <laughs> the coaches probably you 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 mate the coach was probably smiling <laughs> after you missed it. Yeah, oh so I would, I have to bring that up to Sip. I'll have to call him and remind him that one day. <laughs> <laughs> um you obviously got the call up to the Grizzlies, which is huge, um in March twenty nineteen. Um how was that feeling? Where were you when you got the call? And obviously what was running through your head? Um so we had just played a playoff game. Um we had just played the Stockton Kings in California. So we won that game. I think I had, I had 25 to 30 points, something like that. And, you know, just feeling good about that, but it had no, you know, no thought of me getting a call up. You know, I didn't, I thought that that was out of the cards. I'm just hoping like get it to elite camp this summer, hopefully go to summer league, like, you know, looking forward, like hopefully this puts me in a better position for next season um 
And so we land and we're in Rio Grande Valley, Texas. That's uh, the Rio Grande Valley Vipers. They're, they're the Rockets um, G League team. And uh, we, it was like a, a weird travel day. I remember we had like a super early flight, like half the team left at night, half left in the morning. And um, we get to that hotel and it, I got like a nap. And so I, I woke up and we had film. So I, I go down to film, everyone's sitting in there and uh, my agent calls me like three, two or three times. And I, after like the third one, I text him like, E, I'm in film, like, I'll call you after. And he said, no, Dusty, call me. He texted back like, no, I need you to call me right now. I was like, oh my God, I'm think I'm thinking bad after you know, my, how my career's gone sometimes, I'm thinking he's about to be like, you've got, you got waved off the hustle, <laughs> you know, like, I'm thinking like, it's going to be something bad, and uh, he, he answers the phone, and he's like, Dusty, you just got called up, and I just went, what, <laughs> and he just said it again, and then I said, what, and he said, you heard me, and I just kept saying, like, what, like, I was, I remember I was sitting next to my teammate, Kyle Casey, and he was looking at me, like, you know, what's wrong with you, because I just, like, kind of blacking out on my phone going what 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 and I just stood up I remember going out into the hallway and coach Brad Jones and the staff were right there and I could tell they had just gotten the call from the general manager and they were just all cheesing and I just ran up to coach Jones and gave him a hug and was like what's going on and called FaceTime my mom and it was emotional when I called my mom it was that that was one of the coolest moments ever, man. I, it's it's hard to put it into words. Uh, yeah, it was a crazy time. And then the next game, I had, you know, I was playing. That was the most free I ever played in a G League game. After that, I scored like thirty four, thirty two. The next game, because you know it was like the monkey was off my back. It's like I can just play now, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was a that was a great time, man. That's a dope story. Great That's story. Cool, man obviously yeah that was that was a 10 day and, and it seemed to be the start of a bit of a up and down bit of a roller coaster ride for you bouncing around j league and the nba so correct me if i'm wrong on any of these but you signed a 10 day got waived a few days later after performing reasonably well in those two games looked like you, you put up decent numbers then you played in the summer league for the grizz again signed by the grizz in october to be waived again a day later mm-hmm. and then back to the G League, continue to kill it, and then called up for another 10-day in February and then got waived again in that 10-day period yeah. as well. Yeah, I don't want to bring up right. I don't want to bring up open wounds or anything like that. But, <laughs> nah, you know, man. I just want to know, like I want to, it seems brutal, the business. So what is that, how does that impact a player's mentality as someone that's obviously talented enough to play at the NBA, but just not getting that kind of opportunity into a long-term deal? Like how do you remain so persistent and what have you learned from that? Well, I guess, so after the first wave, um, it was more like, that one didn't hurt. You know, I was just still off of the high, like of getting called up, you know, and I'd made it to the NBA, you know, I'd scored an NBA bucket. It was like, not that I was, my, my journey was complete and I was happy with it. You know, I was just happy at the moment that, that I was able to accomplish one of my goals. And that, that confidence gave me the, you know, the will to to keep working really hard while also staying determined not to say I wasn't a little disappointed like of course but you know just the the feeling of satisfaction that I was able to do it like every day I woke up the feeling of disappointment was was not as strong because 
I made it to the NBA, you know what I mean? And so that whole summer and that whole year, it was kind of just operation. I'm getting back there. You know, I'd even put on Twitter, like, I'll be back. Like I quoted the dusty got waved and I said, I'll be back. And it was, I mean, every day that was the first thing that was on my mind. And the last thing before I went to bed, I mean, I just, I was so zoned in on getting back to that moment and, you know, and I'd never heard anyone getting waved on a 10 day ever. Like I had never heard that that was, I didn't know it was possible until I got waved on it. And so, you know, go to summer league, um, play with Tyler Harvey, who you all know, and yep. some guys on the Grizz and, and we win the championship. You know, I, I had a great summer league. I think I averaged like 12 or 13 points, something like that. I may be off um, in like 18 minutes. I was playing really well, um, won the whole thing. Uh, so after that, the, I know I'm going to get a exhibit 10 contract. Uh, I was hoping to get a two way and then, uh, ended up getting an exhibit 10 with the Grizzlies. Um, so that, that other wave you're talking about was, was, I knew that was coming. They, they just told me like, look, the roster's too full. We're not going to be able to have any of the guys were signing exhibit tens on training camp. So there, I think it's four, four players sign exhibit tens. Yeah. And that's basically you're getting a, you know, there's the standard G League contract. The Exhibit 10 gives you a bonus to play in the G League, like substantially, you know, it's like almost triples your salary. Um, and I knew I was going to get that, but and I knew I was going to get waived. So they had like told before. So it wasn't like a, you know, sure. I was stunned. It was like I drove from Little Rock to Memphis, which is like two and a half hours, played against the Hornets. <laughs> and then I knew I was getting waived in the morning. So uh that one didn't hurt at all that was it kind of made it sweet like dang I only had to work one day to get this bonus you know uh but then that whole season I mean uh, I was just you know locked in um like it just that's all I wanted was to get one more real chance uh and I don't know if you'd seen I my third year I, I had a dominant season um was front runner for MVP probably for some time and um, ended up being up there for it. But uh, I mean, I just, every game was putting it on people, you know, uh, you could see in how I was playing that I was willing my way to getting another shot. And I ended up getting another shot around the same time uh, of the next year. And the same thing happened, the same thing, right. like, this a waved on a 10 day on day six I was waved again so that one hurt like that one I just can't there's no way to sugarcoat it that one hurt because like I I played good against the Clippers when I got at the end of the game I played good at the end of the game when I got in against the Rockets like you know missed one shot had like eight points in like six minutes so we got the Kings coming this that Friday as a back-to-back -back. the Kings were coming on Friday and LeBron and the Lakers are coming on Saturday. So I'm like, yeah, this is it. Like, I'm I'm feeling good. I finally hit a couple shots, hit a couple three-pointers in the NBA game I hadn't in the, the few I had played. So I, I'm confident. I, I had the feeling of confidence when I woke up that next morning when we got back from Houston. Like, you know what? If I get in at this home gym where I've played, you know, FedEx form where I've been practicing, you know, it's it's going to be a show. And see the GM's name pop up while I'm having my coffee and I knew right then like oh my god is this really happening again and 
you know, here I stand, you know, it's just made me stronger. Um, Actually, the craziest part about it is, sorry to ramble, uh, is the an NBA team. I won't tell y'all which one because I don't, yeah, you know, I don't know if that's appropriate. Um, Call them out, Dusty. Cold no, I'm <laughs> uh, Actually, right after I got waived, they called me during my ten day to say that they were going to call me up, you know, that day. But I was already on the Grizzlies, and when I got waived, they called and said like, "We still plan on calling you up once one of the, you know, blah blah blahs ten day runs out," which was like four four or five days away. I'd looked it up. And the next day, Rudy Gobert, COVID situation, NBA suspended. And they, uh-huh. they were one of the teams not a play in the playoff race. So I just knew in my heart when I was looking at the TV, just like it's it's over. Yeah. And that, that was crazy. Yeah. That, that was crazy, man. Yeah. Yeah, been, a, been a journey. Been a journey, yeah, bro. Sounds like a man. And those type of stories we don't really you don't get to hear about, you know, the behind-the-scenes phone calls that – Something like that's going down for you and then obviously taken away out of your control. So next step looks like you went to Europe, didn't spend too long there, had some issues, um, came back to America and, and played, got traded, I believe. Is that right? In the G League again in this most recent season? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, cool. Yeah. And then um, now you're going to be obviously with Adelaide, as we touched on. What do you think it's going to be like? Uh, tell me if you think there's a difference in your mentality now, knowing that you're going to be here playing for one team for an extended period from start to finish. And you're like, you know, one of the main imports coming in and you've got a, a, a big responsibility to obviously score the ball and, and lead in that area. Um, do you think it'll be different to other situations where you've been on the map to try and get back to the league? Whereas this time around, it's like one season, you know that you're, you're here for the whole time? Um, yeah, I mean, uh, it's obviously good to have some, you know, something solid where I know, you know, they believe in me. I'm, I'm here for the year. You know, there's... I don't know. Does do trades happen in the NBA? Like you, it's, it's not, there's no trades, right? Yeah. No. So right. just, <laughs> yeah, I was about to say like, well, I mean, maybe I'm jumping the gun. Like I get traded tomorrow, but uh, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm just really excited to go to, a, you know, a team that has history of winning here. Um, just the front office, the GM, everybody seems so cool in, in the organization. Um, and, and that's a big thing for me, just the teammates as well, you know, just to have like the chemistry with, with, you know, everyone as people, you know, we're, we're all human. So just to have good relationships while I'm over here alone, away from everybody that I know to have a, you know, a solid base, like I have at Adelaide, that's, that's going to be huge for me. Um, that, that helps keep you comfortable because, you know, like I said, we're human. You, you, you want to feel comfortable and happy where you're at. So um obviously a beautiful city as well so i i'm excited just to to be able to show the fans and and the organization that that i'm someone that you can rely on you know you could ask all of any of my ex-coaches um you know if you asked them can you rely on dusty to win you games that it'll be a resounding yes uh uh, and i'm and i'm ready for that uh i'm ready to have that role again because this past year um I, i played a little bit of a different role for santa cruz was more of a role player trying to, to show that I could be that and not be a scorer shooter, you know, uh, not that I'm still not that, but, you know, not being like one of the main guys shooting it. I was trying to show I can play off the ball and, you know, play defense, you know, move the ball to, to the other guys that are our scorers. Um, so I'm really excited just to be a guy that, you know, my teammates can lean on to score the ball and clutch moments and throughout the game and season. Sure. 
Um, I'm excited. You sound hungry. I think you're going to fit in with 36s. Um, they've got an exciting young roster as well. They've got Kai Soto. Not sure if you've heard of him. Um, they've got my Harvey King, one mm-hmm. of our local guys. Um, so 36s are looking good. Um, what's the future yeah, looking like for you, basketball-wise? You aiming for the NBA back again or? Um, you know, just my focus is obviously I would love to get back to the NBA, but, uh, you know, I'm just so focused on the present and where I'm, where my feet are. And that, that's what those tough times I was telling you all about that. That's what it really helped me learn is, you know, just always being in the present, um, not worrying about the future. Cause when you start worrying about the future and things you can't control, it really will drive you crazy. Um, and I, and that's what I was guilty of the past few years. Like, uh, I was just worrying about getting the call up, but what is me worrying about that going to do for it? It does nothing. Um, so just being able to, to come here and play basketball again after a weird year where there was just bubbles and not as many games and all of that, I, I'm just, uh, I'm elated and so excited just to play in front of fans again, hopefully, and uh, just just get out there and compete. I just love, I love competing. And, it's like I said, it's just going to be special. I, I can't wait to just focus on each and every day to get better this year, each and every game. And then after the season, we'll see what happens. For sure. Um, I don't know if this might have impacted your decision, but there's been a couple of guys that have been recently in the NBL um, that have used the NBL as a launch pad to get back to the league. Um, Jay Sean Tate, Cam Oliver. Um, did that impact your decision to come here you think the nbl's current state uh definitely you know um well, i i see this this league and in spain as the two top leagues in the world outside of the nba um and yeah seeing how many players like londale and all mm-hmm. of those people that even some of the guys that probably aren't haven't gotten nba calls are very probably very close to getting them uh of the names that I've that I've seen that perform well in this league and I, I don't know the number but it seems like the past three years this league has just taken giant steps you know from five years ago to now it seems like it, it has just gotten so much better and as far as people that come in and how hard the jobs are to get for these professional guys so you know for me it was it was big time for me to be able to get into this league I, I was <clears throat> I was so excited um when I got the call I was on the golf course and uh couldn't couldn't hit the ball for a couple holes because I was just so so excited I couldn't focus um but yeah definitely definitely was a uh, a factor in the decision because I want to be somewhere where I'm happy and especially helps when it's a beautiful country like this that can also help you get back to the NBA yeah one one question I like to ask um players that have played overseas obviously you spent a, a season in Europe um, obviously coming to Australia, there's no language barrier. How did you cope with the language over there in Europe? Um, so I'd, I've only been to, I had a, like a short stint in Greece. So that was like my only experience uh, professionally uh, playing. And yeah, that, that was crazy. Just like, you never know what anyone's saying, like yeah, in the hard. training room, they're just, yeah, yeah. They're just like, it's so hard. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's crazy to think too. Like, how people can learn different languages it just that seems like outer space to me to to 
be able to sit down and learn a language, you know, but mm -hmm. yeah, not having the language barrier is huge. Um, you know, I haven't gotten to roam around, but you know, just even on the phone for like talking to the Uber Eats person or talking to the lobby, it's like, you know, there's, there's nothing, nothing different, you know? For sure. That's a good part. Yeah. So what about after basketball? Dusty got any, um, plans coaching or you got a plan b you obviously spent four years in college so got a degree for yourself what do you, what do you see yourself doing long term after it's all said and done um uh, i really my dream job is to be a general manager um being the gm and the nba is is the dream um however it takes to get there you know i i don't know which which way to start um I, i'll always be in uh have a business background i'm all interested in the stock market and and making money just uh, I've always been interested in that side of things but uh, I definitely want to be a, a general manager um, just putting teams together uh, coaching is like uh, I would be a coach if it just fell in my lap but I would I would much rather pursue being a general manager and I don't know if I'm going to start as advanced scout or you know doing advanced scouting while doing commentating you know I We'll see once it's done. Hopefully, I got about seven years to to figure that out. That's yeah. That's the goal. I want to I want to keep playing for as long as I can. For sure. Be care Be careful what you say about coaching. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's <a> coach. <laughs> oh yes. Yeah. 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 Tough. Nice. So I, I the I guess the thing in America is there's there's so much uh, like moving. You know, like if you're a college coach assistant in America, like you can just be like moving. You can live in like 10 cities in 15 years, you know, like it it can be a lot of movement. I'd, I'd, uh, I'd, uh, I agree with you. I think a GM would be a dream job. That's That sounds like a third job. Um, we'll, we'll get into our end segment. We like to do this with all our guests. Um, 10 quick questions. Uh, these are just rapid fire. You can use your skip button if you want. Um, all right. First one is, what are you appreciative of? Could be anything. What am I appreciative of? Um, just having a great family and a solid base to lean on. That's that's what I'm appreciative of. Dope. Number two, Michael Jordan or LeBron James? And why? Michael Michael Jordan. I'm a, I'm a big LeBron. Love LeBron, but uh michael jordan because he just it's you can't argue against six and oh in the finals and he sat out two of the, really three of the years i believe because he came back that third year but it was like right before the playoffs you know yeah. um yeah uh, you gotta go michael i mean just dominant and i think he's not only the best nba player i think he's just like the best team sport athlete in world history for sure um starting a franchise today obviously you talked about your gm aspirations who are you taking zion or john Morant? Hmm. wow john's my boy too yeah so i was like gonna I, say you're memphis <laughs> yeah yeah uh yikes see that's just tough to say that, that's tough because I would want to know what I'm going to have around each guy, you know? Yeah. I'm going to give that one a, a draw. Okay. That's fair. 
Uh, who wins the NBA next season? Say that again. Who wins the NBA season next season? Oh, um, hmm. um, one of my close friends is Bobby Portis. Uh, so, I mean, healthy Nets is going to be tough to beat, but I'm going to go with my boy Bobby and the Bucks. Mm, That's interesting. Most most of the answers we've had are Nets, Nets, Nets. We had a Nuggets, uh, and now Bucks. Yeah, that'd be shocking. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We might have to come back on that if they win. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, right. Um, Have you ever been to Australia? Um, What were your expectations before coming, and any stereotypes? Uh, No, I'd never been, and my I'd, I'd always seen it was beautiful and. You know, when I like signed, there was, I felt the same way, but so many people back home are like, that's on their bucket list. They want to come see it here really bad. Um, but my stereotype is just like that there's just crazy, crazy animals everywhere. Like, I was just like worried that there's going to be spiders and snakes like everywhere. Um, <laughs> is it like that? <laughs> yeah. Be careful when you step out the hotel room. <laughs> Literally? No, we're kidding. <laughs> uh, I think if you go to the bush, like if you go to the outback, it can be like, you know, there's wild animals and there's things, but in the city, like it's yeah. pretty chill. Like there's, there's no animals. It's 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 more and than chill. Sharks too. I don't I don't mess with that kind of shit, man. Like the yeah. big sharks, they're you y'all are getting in the ocean swimming out there kind of deep, or is it no. you know, knee deep and you're done? Oh no! No, I don't like that. I heard I went uh, when I went to America. One of the waiters asked me. She's like, "Oh, you're Australian?" I was like, "Yeah." She's like, "You guys have crocodiles running on the street?" I was like, Bro, <laughs> like <what?"> "No." <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Crazy. Crazy. Right, I'm gonna change this question up. We have one written down, but I got another one that just came to me. Down two in a game. The play's drawn up. You prefer middle ball screen, like flat action, you go one-on-one, or, or Dusty Hannah's coming off a pin down three for the game? Um, Probably would be one you didn't list. It would be a, a dribble handoff, like a maybe like a pitch to the big, and I'm getting like downhill, like get to use my body because you don't have the ball, so you're able to get more physical and, you know, get more of a, a push off and get out of there. Not to say I'm not comfortable at the pick and roll, and th- both of those I love because you can curl or fade or hit the three off the pin down. But if it, if it was one bucket, it, it can be a two pointer. Yeah, it can be two. You can tie it up. Oh, you said down two. Uh, yeah, I would I would go dribble handoff as close to half court as I could get it. Nice. Um, who's the hardest play you've ever had to guard? Ooh, um. You don't have hmm. to give anyone credit if you don't want. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I would have to say uh, I had to guard Damian Lillard for a couple possessions when I was called up with the Trailblazers, and he was he he got me on the corner one time with a between the legs cross. That's probably he got me pretty one, good. One of the best answers you can get, Damian Lillard. <laughs> yeah, Lou Williams too. Lou Williams was my like welcome to the NBA moment. He gave me like a few buckets straight. While I was still kind of in shock that I was at Staples Center playing, he yeah. he wasn't, and he gave me a couple. For sure. Did he say anything? No, nah, he didn't say nothing. 
<laughs> I actually saw him too in LA. Uh, I would go with Bobby uh, Fortis to LA to, to train and play in those Rico Hines pickup games that they have yeah. at uh, the UCLA. And uh, I saw him there and actually like told him like, hey, you, you're kind of my welcome to NBA moment. You know, you kind of cooked me a couple of plays. And he was like, said something like, I'm just glad you made it there, man. Oh, like, okay, good. thanks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's super chill, even in all his interviews and stuff. Yeah, he's a good uh, dude. All right. Celebrity crush. Um, I guess lifelong was like Jennifer Aniston. Ooh, I like that. I like that. I like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Me and my mom grew up watching Friends together, like before school and stuff. I, that was like my first like kid crush. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a big debate going on right now. Uh, let's hear what you have to say. Uh, certified lover boy or Donda? <laughs> Jeez, it's everywhere. Uh, I honestly haven't, I know I'm in quarantine. I haven't really like sat down and listened to everything, but off of the couple I've heard off each one, I'd have to go certified lover boy. For sure. Nice. And this one is, is I'm hoping I get the answer that I want with this, but let's see. Who's winning the NBL MVP next season? Hopefully me. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> yes, yeah. Uh, that's the goal. That's the goal. First goal is the championship. Second is probably grand finals MVP. And then third would be NBL MVP. Tough. like it. All right, we'll wrap it up there. Thank you so much for joining us, Dusty. We appreciate it so much. Um, we're so glad you're in Australia. Um, we're wishing you good luck next season. We'll be cheering you on. Thank you, all man. Appreciate y'all having me. Have a good one. Thank you guys for joining us. We really enjoyed that episode. Dusty seems like a cool guy. Um, we're excited to see how he goes next year. What do we reckon, MVP mode? Yeah, I get the vibe that he's locked in, coming off, getting caught up to the NBA a couple of times. I think he's going to have his, his confident hat on and he's going to come out here just blazing. And I've seen some footage. We just spoke about it, him just not even hitting the ring on some of these shots that he's taken in workouts. I think he's going to be a bit of a, a low-key underdog for, for MVP, for sure. For sure. Um, we forgot to mention to him, but um, as soon as he left, I was like, damn. But there was a video that came out, and for those who don't know, there was like 90-plus threes in a row, which is Steph Curry numbers. Um, not many people can do that in the world. So we'll see. That's crazy. We're excited. Um, appreciate you guys joining us. Remember to subscribe on whatever listening platform you guys are um, listening on and um, subscribe if you're listening on YouTube. We appreciate you guys. We'll catch you on the next episode.